swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. <laughs> yes. That guy's got to swing no matter where he is. Ace, it's over. Welcome to Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. I am Jerem Jordan, alongside a man who, like Tony Stark, owned property in Malibu, Steve Vale. Yeah, you know, I actually did. My ancestors did, and I think the Pacific Railroad stole it, but that's a story for another time. Oh, that is a story for another day. Wow. Okay. Next match against USC. We'll talk about it. Here's the show lineup. We'll recap the comeback win at number 4 Pepperdine last night in a top-five showdown. Big win for the Kooks. Steve's Wow Moments of the Week, 80s or 90s movie or TV show of the week. And we'll chat with middle blocker Brandon Oberender about the most unique mission call I've ever heard of and chat with Sean Olmstead. Let's get to it. BYU's 15-set win streak came to a crumbling halt in set one last night at number 4 Pepperdine, 25-20. <sighs> but BYU won the next three sets and won the match. 17, 21, and 17 were the points for Pepperdine. A convincing win for BYU and great win considering that Pepperdine is a contender for the league and in Provo in the two matches BYU won, six of the seven sets were decided by two. That was a nice win yesterday for BYU, Steve. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. Pepperdine gave BYU all they could handle when they were here in town. And it was kind of crazy after losing the first. I wonder if like, the panic button, you know, for, for BYU after losing that first set. But it's weird. The, le- the next three, they win pretty convincingly. So it's, I'm really curious on how that happened. It happened because of service. BYU had 10 aces, most notably three from Davide Gardini, who had 18 kills at 556. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, 15 kills, four aces. He's 20 away from Taylor Sander now, by the way, for the all-time record. And BYU has mentioned it before, but they love serving at sea level. They're just better than in Provo. Well, that's just it. When you're up here at altitude and you can bomb away as hard as you can and get that ball in, you go down to, to sea level and you can hit that ball uh, literally as hard as you can and it's going to go in if you got any kind of top spin on it. So, yeah, heck yeah, it's way better down there. Okay, BYU now 11-2 on a six-match win streak about you know 90 minutes or so from now, round two uh, with Pepperdine, big match. Things are going well. Cougars up two games on UCLA in the uh, conference standings. It's not traditional like games back kind of thing. It's just total wins by seeding. So 11 for BYU, 9 for UCLA, 8 for Pepperdine. BYU in a comfortable spot, expected to win the league, and right now up two games. Yeah, I think uh, unless something tragic happens, BYU should walk away with the uh, conference win and get into the uh, the tournament. So that should be the case. Uh, but, you know, volleyball is volleyball, and things get crazy sometimes. Okay, scores from around the league. A shocker last night. Beaten Stanford, meaning they hadn't won yet, 0-7. Took down number 7 Grand Canyon for its first win of the year. Congrats to the Cardinal. That is a big win. And Grand Canyon now 3-5 and in the league. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that they're three and five. They were really good when they played here at BYU. I was, I knew we were going to see a, a fun match, but I had no idea how good they really were. And great job, Capono uh, Brown, with uh, leading the match with kills. And yeah, he went off. Wednesday, the Lopes swept USC. Prior to that, on the road, eight aces from Camden Gianni, by the way. Wow. Concordia Irvine currently in the middle of a 13-day break, kind of spring break time on campus. UCLA off for 10 days as well, not playing this week. USC on a nine-day break till next Friday as well. So the MPSF slate is essentially BYU and Pepperdine coming up in 90 minutes, as we mentioned, in round two between Grand Canyon and Stanford. So things looking good for the Cougars. As you look at the schedule, Steve, and you go down to uh, you know, what's coming up, Concordia Irvine next week. USC at home for a pair the next week. 
UCLA on the road the next week, and the MPSF uh, tournament seating will come down to those matches against the Bruins, likely 1v2 for the regular season championship April 9th and 10th. Yeah, I think BYU has, has shown that they're probably the best team in the league. These matches, they just need to not look past them. They just got to focus on the, the day-to-day and, and blow right through it and get to that uh, conference. And when you look at BYU and Pepperdine coming up again at uh, you know two uh, mountain time, one Pacific and Malibu, hard to beat a team three times. BYU's done that. Hard to beat a team four times. Ask the 2015 team, 2014 team with uh, Stanford and beating them all three times, two in the regular season, one in the MPSF championship game, and then lost in the Final Four. So this will be a challenge today to try and take a fourth match from Pepperdine. Yeah, and you know Pepperdine's going to come with uh, a lot of different changes and looks and things to try to overcome what happened last night. I I think they were kind of shocked by how that went, especially winning the first set. Okay, much more coming up. A fascinating conversation with junior middle blocker Brandon Oberender. Later we'll chat with Sean Olmstead ahead of another top five matchup with Pepperdine as Over the Top continues on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with Steve Vale. When you get a two-year mission call from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that's the biggest moment of your life up to that point. You don't decide where you go or what language you might speak. It's a thrilling moment to open that letter. And in the case of Brandon Oberender, BYU junior middle blocker, that's quite possibly the most unique one we've heard of. That is among the topics in this week's Cougar Conversation with the junior middle blocker. All right, Brandon, let's start off with your name. How often does it get misspelled? Very often. So even my dad misspelled it when I was young, but he was the one who insisted <laughs> that Brandon would be spelled with an E-N instead of an O-N. It's different, man. It's different. Yeah. And we, we even messed it up Saturday on the broadcast, so that's fine. <laughs> okay, and then the nickname BL. Uh, obviously, that's for Brandon Oberender, but uh, that, right. that, that can be fun too, right? Yeah. So yeah, freshman year we had, uh, you know, Brendan Sanders is on the team. and We can have a Brendan and a Brandon, so... Um, a lot of guys have initials on the team that you just go by Devin Young DY. So I just unfortunately had a BO as my initials and it's quick and easy. And then it just stuck. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, what are you yeah. studying? So right now I'm in the master's information systems program. Um, getting a master's right now. Yeah. So it's an integrated program. So I'll graduate next year with my master's and bachelor's at the same time. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. what would you like to do with that? So I have an internship coming up this summer with the church doing um, cybersecurity. So that's something that I know I think is pretty cool to kind of just, so I'll be monitoring like any incoming threat to like the family search site. Um, and I mean, the church I'm sure has plenty of people trying to attack its, its sites and everything. So yeah, so that's what I'll be doing. Then maybe I could do that as a career. I could, I'm doing a web development job right now at BYU as well. Um, but yeah, it's all sorts of things. So there's some volleyball element to what you're going to be doing for the church, uh, right? Where it's like you're you're trying to deny attacks, right? Like so, in, in the game, putting, putting up a big block. <laughs> yep, putting up a big block. Yeah, I like that. There's some ties there. That's cool. Okay, you speak Marshallese. What's that all about? Yeah, so I got called to serve my mission in Oklahoma, Marshallese speaking. Um, That's so the weirdest that. call I've ever heard in my life. It was it was funny because I had peaked at my mission call before, like I had opened it. Just uh, like I had to wait for like a few days or something, so I had peaked, and I just saw where I was going. So I was like, "Okay, Oklahoma." Like, 
I, I was like, okay, maybe Spanish speaking, like if I'm lucky. And then like I opened it in front of everyone and they're like, I read Marshallese and everyone's like, you're just joking because Oklahoma's lame and you want to make it sound cooler. <laughs> but <laughs> that's where, yeah. So I went to the MTC, learned Marshallese. And then uh, when I got to Oklahoma, there is one city, Enid, Oklahoma, that has um, probably like 5,000 Marshallese people. So there is a branch in in the state. So that's where I spend most of my time. Last year, you hit 618, dude. It wasn't like you played in like four matches too. Like you played in, you know, 29 sets and 55 swings and you had a great match at, at Hawaii, of course. So what was it like to come in and be so effective last year and, and now try and keep that up? Yeah, I think for me especially, you know, when I get on the court, I don't think like uh, – like, I don't know. Uh, when I get on the court, I just think like if the ball gets set to me, like I don't get it set very often. Like I have to put it away so that Will can keep setting me and that he trusts me. So, <laughs> um, and it's important as a middle when um, when middles get set, it's important to establish the middle early so that the dick opens up. That I mean, Gabby gets one up sometimes, which is a miracle, and then maybe the the middles late to the outside. So I get in. I just try to do my job and not get blocked and just get the ball over and get some kills. <laughs> Friday night, you were five for five. That was fun. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Tell me about, um, you know, like two weeks ago. So it was Thursday, actually the day before or the day of Con- Concordia. So I woke up Thursday and, you know, had a sore throat and I was like, yeah, I should probably get some cough drops. So I, I texted Blaine, our, our trainer, and I was like, hey, Blaine, can I grab some cough drops? He's like, sure. So he brought over some. He was like, we will, we'll just test you just in case um, of COVID. So we did a rapid test, and it was negative. And um, he, like, he checked my tonsils, and they were like a little swollen. Um, so he left, and then like 15 minutes later, he's like, yeah, we're just going to send you home. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they left for a servant pass at like, I don't know, 11 or 10, and Sean just called me an Uber, an Uber, and I just went to the airport and then was watching the Concordia and USC games on my couch. <laughs> and you happen to be the only guy that's not bunked up with anybody else, right? Which is just crazy. You're the 15th guy uh, that yeah. doesn't have a roommate. It's fun for me. I mean, I like walking in and having a whole hotel room to myself. <laughs> yeah, that's better, right? That's better, so... Yeah, you end up getting tested when you come home and you're negative. So that was good. It was just like a traditional. So I throw it by everyone's so sensitive, right? You just want to make sure. Right. And we, you, know, you took extreme precaution with you. Boom, you have a symptom, you're gone. Definitely. We were playing USC that week. They're a Pac-12 team. And like, it's just the best case, just stay safe. And I mean, yeah, it ended up working out. We didn't cancel any games and I wasn't sick. So it ended up being fine. There you go. <laughs> In the huddle, are there ever moments where you're like super loose and chill and funny, like as a team or an individual that is, or are you always serious on the court? No. For for example, there was um, I was I was just watching the game from Saturday back. Um, from Saturday, I was I was watching it yesterday, and there was one ball where their opposite hit, and I completely touched it, and they didn't call anything. And you guys were talking about it. Like, I wonder if Costi challenges here and he didn't. So I go back to the huddle and you can see me like laughing. It's like, I touched it. Like, I don't, I don't know why they didn't call it. It was obvious to me and we all heard it. So we were all just laughing about it. But there's times when like something funny will happen 
and like you can't help but just to laugh but you feel more comfortable laughing if you're ahead rather than if you're losing because if something funny happens and you're losing it's just embarrassing we, we have a good time out there but when when we need to get serious it, we're serious and things get done um are, are you in on the chain culture the chain gang so i wanted to so in, in practice um I mean, we have, we have our north side starters, and then we have what we call the south side, those who beat up on, on the starters every chance that we could get in practice. And I'm Davide, Will, Gabby, Taylin even has a chain. No, but I wanted to get a chain for all of the south side members so that we could just show up to practice one day. Last year, <laughs> we, had, last year we had white headbands that we all showed up in, and then we absolutely destroyed the starters one day so i wanted to get like two dollar chains but it just didn't happen this year <laughs> hey there's still time there's still i know time. yeah well awesome brandon this is really fun to get to know you better um you know good luck uh this week at pepperdine a couple of big matches um yeah. will go a long way in t- determining conference seating although byu will host but still if uh if you want to win a regular season title you gotta gotta take care of business there and those are some really tight matches in provo yeah pepperdine's a great team they've got a lot just a lot of smart beach swings and beach players and there'll be some great matches in pet. Okay. We'll have fun. Good luck. And hopefully you don't have to come home this time. Yep. For sure. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> okay. Crazy, right? Marshall Lee speaking in Oklahoma city. The fact that he hit six eighteen last year, um, his internship with the church, uh, cybersecurity. This is, this is an interesting cat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and an amazing middle as well. Like uh, definitely at least the third option, for BYU, especially uh, how he played against Hawaii that first night last year. Ten kills, guy just amazing, awesome player. And if you put Brandon Oberender and Gavin Julian as the starters, I think BYU would still be pretty good. Like, I think really BYU's good. four deep there. Yeah, they, they are very deep at that position, and I think both of those guys could, could be starters on any other team probably in the, in the whole league. Okay, Steve says wow a lot during matches, so naturally it's time for... This is Steve's Moments of the Week. And there were plenty this week, Steve. Yeah, there were uh, quite a few. You mentioned the the mission. Um, I actually went out in 91 uh, to Sydney, Australia, my mission, and I was actually in the MTC with Sean Bradley. We went to the same mission. And his news uh, earlier this week when he came forward with uh, the fact that he'd been in an accident, uh, uh, he was on his bike, I think, and and, uh, just like a block from his home and got rear-ended and... Uh, and yeah, the accident that ensued, I, I'm so He's paralyzed so for, for those that don't know. It's very sad. It's a, yeah, that's a, that was a horrible, a, a very sad, a wow moment. I was shocked and kind of taken aback by that. So don't mean to go to the negative, but I just, you know, my hat's off. Sean's such a good dude and I, I wish the best for him and his family. Uh, a couple others. So, uh, BYU after, uh, losing the first set last night, coming back and winning, Fairly convincingly in the next three sets, that was pretty cool. The fact that Stanford, uh, 0-7, took down a very tough Grand Canyon team last night yeah. and swept them, in fact. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, pretty uh, a lot of really cool, fun, wild moments uh, this last week. As we go to break, here's today's trivia question. Yesterday, Davide Gardini hit over 500 and had three aces. How many times has he hit those numbers at BYU? The answer after this timeout.
Today's trivia question. Yesterday, Davide Gardini hit over 500 and had three aces. How many times he hit those numbers at BYU? The answer, once. His freshman year at St. Francis. In his fourth match as a Cougar, he had four aces to go with hitting 530. Same two teams today. And in fact, it's coming up in about 90 minutes. Uh, Sean Olmsted now joins us from near Malibu. Sean, first off, how's the weather? And congratulations on a big-time win. Thank you. Thank you. No, the weather's... Uh... No, a little a little overcast today, but yesterday was beautiful. Just uh, a beautiful day. You walked out of that gym, and I thought to myself, I think I said to one of my coaches, you, the view walking out of the Firestone Fieldhouse, it's like, and we recruit against this every year. <laughs> and How do we get just, anybody? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing right there. It's such a beautiful campus. It's always uh it's always been such a, such an amazing place to, you know, as a volleyball player and to just go down there and compete against that program. But that view, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was unreal. Beautiful day yesterday, but it's, it's California. So it's a little overcast, but still, still pretty darn nice. And the view from winning in four must be nice as well. You actually dropped the first set. So the 15 set win streak goes out, whatever you win the next three convincingly by eight, four and eight. What changed after that? You know, we, we, uh, we just got a little, a little bit, more comfortable and we talked to the guys as that first set uh, as we kind of felt their momentum and they they were doing a good job getting us really uh out of system and i just felt like it was a few little minor things on our end and so we talked about the guys talked with the guys about just kind of weathering that storm at the moment and the guys did a really good job we we did ask them to you know pick things up from the service line which they of course did with a, a really really great uh, serving performance kind of all around from everybody. And so we just, uh, we knew, we felt comfortable that it was going to come because, again, I just felt like they were kind of uh, some checkout moments on our side that you're not, you're never pleased with as a coach. You don't ever want to see those happen. But they happened and, and sort of happened there, and and that's where that first set, what set went. Davide Gardini, what a performance from him. Uh, you know, hits over 518 kills, had the three aces. Gabi did his thing at 15 kills, had four aces. Uh, the two big guns showed up. And then, Sean, it was great to have Felipe Gibrito Fajeda back, eight for nine with no errors. Yeah, I mean, that was that, that was really, really big for us because I felt I we've been missing uh, a real good offensive presence in the middle, and I, I – it's been apparent that teams are have been able to pick up on that and key up key in on that. We just haven't had much production, you know, offensively out of our middles. And that's something I think we've discussed uh, a handful of times. So rest in Felipe uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks, we, we pulled him out in those um, in those weekends before last, last weekend where we actually rested him and really he was limited in practice. I just felt like, uh, we're in a little little better place with him physically and and health wise. So we we asked Will to uh, get him going. We'd seen that he was getting back to his physicality and practice. He wanted to get going, and so uh, that really allowed us to kind of open things up, especially for D- Davide. Gave us some better opportunities, and then anytime you can get production out of the middle at uh, at a high percentage, which y- you've got to be able to do consistently. So I still think. You know, we need we need more and more from Mickey. He knows that. And, uh, but I thought Will made really good decisions considering uh, the the matches, uh, the matchups they gave us. You said uh, that the serving was pretty awesome, uh, you know, second set moving forward. But why in the world 
did they set the middle so many times? They had uh, 16 kills from Austin Wilmot and set him 25 times. So some, some were they just forcing it to him, or how come they went to him so much, do you think? Well, you've seen him. I mean, the guy's uh, – He's awesome. I'm not saying he's not awesome. He, he, no, and, and he was killing the ball. So that's a great coaching decision because when, when you can get the middle going again, you just it really causes – it opens up the pins uh, for sure. Have it, yeah, it opens up it uh, opens up the pins, but he's killing every ball, and and that's that's something we're focusing on. It's really, really, uh, we just let him go a little too much, and he was getting kills all over the place. And yeah, at the end of the match, twenty five attempts. I mean, that was ridiculous. He had the most attempts on a team. I don't know if I've ever seen that in another in a different match. I really don't think I have. When you consider the opposites and the outsides you've got your middle leading the attempt. So um, that's rare for sure. You know, if you remember, uh, I don't know if you guys recall, but we recall on the second night in Provo against these guys, that's exactly what they did. So obviously that's something that, that we've got, we've got to tidy up and we've got to be better uh, helping on the quick and being able to get to the outsides because they went to the quick exclude, you know, pretty fast and hard uh, that second night in Provo. And they did it again with Wilmot and he was killing the ball. So, you know, they kept feeding them. They, 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 they were forcing it in, but not, not, uh, not at this uh, crazy location. So they, they just got him going in his contact point. He was, he was, uh, he was feeling it pretty, uh, pretty good for, through most of the night, the afternoon. We're talking with Sean Olmstead as BYU prepares for Pepperdine round two today, coming up in about 90 minutes. Sean, uh, six-match win streak. Congratulations on that. The longest win streak in the league right now is BYU at that. Then it's Stanford, and then everyone else is lost, sitting on a loss, which, which Stanford takes down Grand Canyon. That's crazy. And uh, gets their first win. Congrats to the Cardinal. And now uh, BYU's up two games on UCLA, three games on Pepperdine in the league. Another top five matchup, big one coming up. What was the decision by the league to go with just total wins for the, the uh, tournament seating? Because that seems really interesting given everything that's going on. I would think that win percentage would be considered, but total wins is an interesting way to do it well you have to look at no no, no i understand that uh, that's a good question but it, it was to uh it, it was to really kind of um dangle uh I, well i don't know if this is the right words but really encourage us to play as many matches as we can mm. towards working towards the ncaa tournament and, and and you know you go win percentage you know what happens if a team goes out and wins their first four matches and then uh, all these different scenarios with COVID. And now that team's, you know, I, I know realistically this probably wouldn't have happened, but now that team's 4-0 and they're going to go be the number one seed in the MPSF tournament. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's seen, weird. We've seen crazier things this year. And so that was brought up in the discussion. You know, what happens if that happens? A team gets locked down two weeks and maybe they get out of quarantine and it wasn't any positives, but it was just the exposure. And then what, what happens if the school gets locked down or another athlete? I mean, that really, you know, in, in today's uh, with what we're dealing with, that tech, that could have happened, you know. And so now, right. you, like I said, you've got that team. So it was really to just really encourage teams to get playing and and also play as a conference to agree to, hey, let's play as much as we can. Let's show everybody else that we're willing to get playing as quick as we can. We're willing to play as many matches as we can during during this time. And let's encourage that and let's uh, reward that. And so that's how we looked at it. And, and when you get down to it, 
you know, maybe it wasn't four matches, you're four and oh, but yeah, maybe you're seven or eight and oh, and then now you get shut down for a month and a month and a half and you're not playing and but you're the number one seed. Well, if you're so. if, if you're eight and oh, you're gonna shut yourself down. I have COVID yeah. and, <laughs> and now we're the number one seed. Steve, Boom. The, fun, the funny thing is that was brought up. That was I'm sure. Up. Now I, I don't come on, I, I, I really don't I can't imagine a coach would ever do that, but man, no. I've seen we I've seen Stranger Things, you know. Yeah, but the temptation so. would be there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things, yeah. big oh, fan. Yeah. So so that's what went into it all. And I like it. I encourage teams to to play, to to get experience and also to build build resumes to be able to go go into the NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely. Okay, let's wrap with this. A round two with Pepperdine. Top five matchup, number two BYU, number four Pepperdine. You won yesterday, but that doesn't mean anything for today, right? you got to get after it and get another win. That would be a big win if you can do it. What adjustments do you need to make, if any? No, I mean, we, we've got to make adjustments. And we, you know, we had film up here uh, just we, at 9 o'clock. We started with the team and brought them in here. And I still think there's uh, things we can improve upon. We talked a bunch about, you know, them going to the middle and, uh, you know, some some defensive uh positioning and, and different things there but you know us being uh you know not just taking this match as hey it's good to come out and get one out of from these guys on the road that's a that's a great weekend we uh we really just talked to the guys about us and and what we're building and working towards and and the importance of being able to rebound and come back you know at the end of that match i told them hey in 22 hours less than a day we're we're back in here at, at the start of another match that we've got to be com- competitive in and uh, continue to just work on ourselves and that's what's most important right now for our group okay well congratulations on the win last night and good or yesterday afternoon good luck on the uh, match today and another top five matchup all right thanks guys as always thanks okay we appreciate it sean Sean olmstead head coach of the byu cougars time now for the 80s and 90s tv show or movie reference of the week what do you recommend steve vale you know i kind of mentioned it a little bit uh last week there were two very early on in his career, two movies from uh, Tom Cruise. In fact, one of them, his name is Steve, Steve Randall. Uh, there's some big-time movie buffs out there. They might know the movie just from that. You but, Steve uh, Homer. Yeah, right? Always. <laughs> uh, the Outsiders. Uh, he was a supporting role in that, but that's one of my all-time favorites. A total great, great movie from, I think, 81. And Ooh. the other one was Taps. Uh, the, I think his first actual movie that he did yeah man david sean was his name and man he just stole every scene in that movie (laughs) it starts off really slow but that is just a total classic i got pg even from 81 oh look at you nice okay that'll do it for us we'll be back every saturday throughout the season saturdays 2 30 eastern 11 30 a.m pacific here on byu radio and on demand on the byu radio app for brandon oberender sean olmstead producer Braden Flint and Steve Vale, I'm Jerem Jordan. You've just gone over the top. <laughs>